Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Let the music run, baby. So I have to let that music play. I paid ninety dollars US for it, and I just feel like dude, we have I to was. Get it. Ra- I'm a rapper. You know that, right? No, really. Like, oh, like, 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 legit. Like, I'm a wordsmith lyricist guy. Like, I'm <laughs> a retired forty four year old white rapper from Durham region. So I was like rhyming while that was playing. So That's funny because that. Mark Davis, who was on the last podcast episode on our Dank Delights episode, uh, he uh, identifies as a white rapper from Windsor, Detroit. We got. We should have a a rap off between you two. Uh, I'm done freestyling. I will have a write-off where like, we can compare tracks, do a versus thing like Instagram. That'd be cool. I'll okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to introduce my guest who's uh, rapping with me uh, backstage in just a few seconds. First, uh, welcome to the podcast, Big Chris Live, the live stream, and then the podcast. You can find it after the fact on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, DeanBlundell.com, our podcast network host. And our sponsors, we want to say thank you to RetroCat Gaming. You can play over 8,000 games from more than 15 of your favorite retro gaming devices on one handheld. It's incredible. We've had demos in past episodes. Check them out. Ship from Ontario right to your door. Shop online today at RetroCat.ca. Or choose same-day pickup in the GTA. RetroCat.ca. Let's get nostalgic. All right, on with the program. Introducing James DeFiore, or as I label you on Twitter, The DeFiore. I don't know why. It just sounds boss. It sounds more powerful. And James is, uh, I guess, how do we want to introduce you? I, I get a very Hunter S. Thompson writer's vibe from you sometimes in some of the discussions I've heard you had before, James. But you're a freelance writer. Blackball Media is the name of your uh, company, right? That's correct. Um, <clears throat> been freelancing for like 18 years. I did some work in like TV production and um, like these are all one. My whole life is a series of one offs. So whenever <laughs> whenever someone asks me what I do for a living, it's like, well, once I did this, and once I did that. So I did. And I'm, this isn't being braggadocious because I actually think it's a flaw of mine that I'm never able to capitalize on any of my skills long term. <laughs> like, <ever. laughs> right. So um, my neighbor needed uh, I, I pitched my neighbor to do a commercial for her once. And she was uh, running this like adult dating site where it was like hookups right and what i told her is i'm like you know what we should do we should normalize hookups like come up with an ad that's just like it would be for a regular ad like lava life but it's for hookups and so i pitched it took like four months but i pitched her boss because i amalgamated i amalgamated the uh the work experience of like these four guys i know who work in advertising and so that the people that were working on the project they're uh, breadth of experience was like all these awards and all these name brands. And then I just obviously attached myself to it as this dude that brought it together, but with no experience in this world at all. <laughs> and 
um, they took it and uh, and we shot it and we gave it to them. And then six months later, we won for best commercial in the dating industry. Wow. And then I never, ever did a commercial. Again. And that was it. That was just a one off. It's so funny one-off. that you say that you did. You you jumped headfirst into that with with zero experience or whatever. And we'll get into I know we're going to get into some of the projects that I've done with zero background or zero experience uh, as the podcast continues. Um, and of course, we have lots to say and lots to talk about on, on some of those columns or some of those topics. But um, I, I really want to get an idea, James, like I've heard bits and pieces that you've talked about and it kind of rang in a censorship vibe to me. Uh, something that happened with the Globe and Mail. Maybe can, if you could just tell that story and it's, I've heard bits and pieces. I want to hear the full thing from your um, mouth, from the, from I think the, the story. I think the story that you're talking about is that there was um, the, the only one that I have that's really about the Globe is I happen to be um, aware of the Globe's efforts to destroy a person. I and see. This person is a famous person, um, and but the thing about it that was that I found to be really bothersome is that it was not based on like a tip or someone calling and saying this used to be my employer and this person did this to me. It was just because that person was a person of stature. Literally, nothing was said that would, you know, make them want to investigate. They just investigated because of the stature. And so this person is going through this ideal for like a year. So you're saying like somebody was sitting around in a boardroom or in an office somewhere and they say, I don't like this guy or there's something about this person. Let's investigate them. But they had zero grounds, zero anything. Well, sort of. Yeah, because the media at the time, it was like, you know, what was it? 2018, early 2018. So we're in the, uh, I don't know, have we decided how long the Me Too era is? Is it ongoing? Is it in perpetuity? Like, because when we speak like that, I don't know if people really understand the difference between what it was like when it just started and for those next two years (laughs) versus how it is now. It was really like you weren't even allowed to say the phrase due process for like a year, (laughs) at least, because if you did, you were a misogynist. It wasn't time for that conversation and stuff like that. And I found that to be really, you know, well, ironically problematic, right? Because it was, it was, you couldn't have a conversation with anyone anymore. It was really dogmatic. And anyway, so we're in that sort of atmosphere. And so the globe isn't the only one, but they had decided that they would pursue this person who's famous um, just because they're famous, just to see if they could get a big scoop in the me too era, basically. Wow. And Interestingly, like, so I, I won't tell anyone who it is. And at the time, um, you know, I gained this person's trust enough to basically um, not go to bat for this person, but to criticize the, the outlet that was trying to destroy this person because um, it was timely to do something like that. And then I would do fun stuff too. Like I would contact the person, the editor who was working on the story and didn't know that I knew. And I would leave little spooky messages in his inbox. Letting him know <laughs> that any moment I could just scoop him and just, but, but you know, really what evidence do you have? It sounds like you don't have evidence. And all this time behind the scenes, this person and their lawyers are working with, or are speaking with globe lawyers to try to, you know, figure out a solution. Mm-hmm. And even at the end, they are like, okay, we're not going to run the story. Okay. We're not going to run it, but we might in the future. So it's like a Hollywood movie. They want to shelf it and and maybe release it at a later date. Yeah, but the thing, no one ever thinks about what this does to a person's psychology. Mm -hmm. Like if you're that person, 
and you're sitting there. And, and this is a pretty famous moment, person. The rug could be pulled out. And this is a pretty famous person. I won't ask you to name them, but it's pretty, pretty. Yeah, this is a person that's a pretty much a household name, right? Like, wow. you know, it's not like an obscure person. So, you know, just, I don't know. It, it, it's an affront to journalism and it's an affront to us as people. Just, it's so condescending. You know, it's not real news. I don't know. I don't like the term fake news because yeah because it's been so overdone it's turned into something else so so the bulk of your writing material can be found obviously our we know each other through the dean bundell podcast network and i've read uh, money i read the one that you were just giving dean kudos on the brian Lilly thing the story that was great wasn't it wow so brian Lilly of the the toronto sun his is it common law like he's living with the media relations person for uh the ford government I, I've only read a couple articles about it. I don't know if it's common law, but they are living together from my understanding. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. again, that's, that is stuff that should, should get out there. Right. I mean, that should, should people should know that, that uh, a major columnist for the Toronto sun lives with the media relations director of which, uh, which by the way, for those who don't know the Toronto sun, I would consider to be a pretty conservative newspaper. Uh, and he writes pretty conservative style articles is living slash sleeping with the, uh, <laughs> That was the most conservative description of what he does I've ever heard. Well, I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to... <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah. Just say he's, he's a hack, man. Like, like really, like... Partisan listen, hack. I... That's a term I want to bring back, by the way. I had this discussion with Dean on the podcast. You know, partisan hacks. What happened to that label? I like it. And it should come back. All words get bastardized now. They all turn into buzzwords so that they don't mean anything anymore. You know what's funny? I remember when I was a kid, pre-internet, the first time I felt like I literally had the thought in high school, it's like, oh, you know, you know why peer pressure works? Because when people say don't bow down to peer pressure, kids don't hear the word peer pressure the way it's definitively supposed to mean. Right. They just hear a word that just has no meaning and it just goes out of there. It doesn't mean anything. So there's now mm -hmm. everything is like that. So and it's it's kind of weird because or ironic or something that in an age where we have everybody's words on record to see where they're hypocrites mm -hmm. it seems to matter less now that we know they're hypocrites because <laughs> we're so tribal let's go oh, i don't care lily's my guy i like ford like fuck i don't care you know yeah that's and that's and that's what's happened now is that you you seemingly subscribe to a tribe or you subscribe to a label and and it doesn't matter whether you know people can't be self-critical for their own tribe right and and i think that's a huge problem and that's also why i wanted to get you on because i think your head's your head's really screwed on in the right place man as is mine i consider myself i mean you might be the first person ever to say well that. i mean in terms of sorry in terms of the scope <laughs> no, great. Bring it, bring the, the scope more, more. of media but but what i'm saying is is it like you know there's just not enough people who are willing to be critical of their own and like i consider myself to be a lifelong liberal but I'm also not really all that impressed with modern day liberalism. Um, you know, it goes back my, my family history. My grandfather was a deputy minister for, for health and welfare for Pierre Trudeau, senior. And uh, so a communist, which is all communist. But yeah, forget, forget. Like, listen, nobody could admit that, that Trudeau senior did some good work during his time, whether you agree with all of it or not. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm tired of that. I, I'm tired yeah. of everyone saying that we have to judge someone definitively for this one snapshot of them, you know, yes, which is often a manipulated snapshot anyways, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And that's why liberals get mad at me for being nice to conservatives. It, yeah, it's because yeah. they don't want me to be nice to someone who you know, uh, is an evangelical or they don't want me to be nice to someone who, uh, 
doesn't seem to spend a lot of time caring about First Nations people. And it's like, you know, I could, <clears throat> it, 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 that is something that both sides have. So like the flaws on the left are just as prof. Here, I, I told someone once this, cause I'm the same as you. I, I feel like I check all these boxes for the progressive side. Yeah. Most of them. I believe in man-made climate change, you know? Um, I believe in a which didn't used to have to be a, a box to check, you know, like that didn't used to be a question, but anyways, I, I know. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, be, I believe, I mean, I'm anti-war. Um, you know, I believe that, uh, socialized medicine, uh, or universal healthcare is, should be a right. I think housing and or not housing. I think education should be a right too. I think that we, you know, I hear these people talking and I had to Google it. Cause I was like, that can't be right. And I know it's the states, but we often mirror the states in a lot of ways. And yeah. I think this we're, we're a couple of years behind sometimes, you know. Right. Yeah. But that college, a college education in the states used to be almost nothing. It was like $500 a semester in like the what, the 60s or 70s or something. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's in that area. And I heard people talking about it. And I had to Google it and I was like, okay, there, there it is. And something happened where we just, Everything got inflated and we don't really care about um, politics anymore. Anyways, I'm, I'm pretty much a bleeding heart liberal <laughs> in a lot of ways. <clears throat> but I, just that one nagging thing, that one overarching issue that they all seem to want to gather around. Not all, but a lot of them. A majority um, of them. Yeah. And I can't even say identity politics because that's one of those white noise words, right? Like white yeah. noise phrases. What does it even so, mean? Yeah. yeah but but, but they, they're, they're gravitating towards the woke or the, the whatever you want to call it, right? Some of these, some of these, I don't even know what the word is for it. You know, it's hard to describe without using some of the token names that have already been given to it, right? But, yeah, but I mean, they're gravitating cult, towards you know, that. Like, yeah, well, here, <clears throat> maybe a good way to explain is not to even label it, but to say there's, there's this tendency um, for, you know, seemingly reasonable people to take the mantle of, the, of activists on the left Mm -hmm. And without doing any digging or confirming of what their claims are, they just they just champion the claims. Yeah. And they and then they and then if you say, well, shouldn't we talk about the underpinnings of these claims? Yeah. And then you're a bigot, even though that yeah, conversation for just never asking had. a simple question, you, you yeah, get you labeled. They, they equate everything to being an offense equal to the N word. And, and that's just yeah. it. or everything's everything leads back to Nazism. You know, that's it. Like that, Nazi is branded about like frequently now, which oh, is yeah. so strange because I remember like growing up in the 90s, like I'm a 90s kid, uh, uh, you know, like you, you'd say Nazi and everyone would cringe, you know, but now it's like a it's a flag that you wave or anti. Well, not only that, but, um, you know, when we were growing up. I don't know about where you live, but where I live, there were still Nazi skinheads roaming around. They were like dudes that were beating up kids and with big giant docks on and suspenders and t-shirts. And, and from there a were smaller people that town. you didn't fuck with. There were people that you didn't fuck with, not because, you know, you didn't want to fight against racism, but like you're walking by yourself. Like this happened to me and my friends when we were walking by ourselves, like individually, yeah. you know, and we'd see skinheads up there and we knew some kids just got beat up a block away. So we would have to take different routes home. They were Nazi skinheads and they weren't even Nazis. We just called them Nazi skinheads. They were yeah. just people that were racist that, you know, decide to pick up a hateful trend while they were in high school. And now you just have to be like, well, I read a, a, uh, a post-millennial article the other day at Nazi. He's a Nazi guys. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Nazi. But I also read now magazine. He's a communist then. Like it's just, yeah, you know, the exactly. It. Whatever. Uh, you know, I was on vacation. So just before the pandemic, uh, my wife and I went to Mexico 
And we literally found about found out about coronavirus on CNN in the hotel room at the resort. Like that's when I first oh. saw it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Right. Uh, anyways, that's <laughs> yeah. fucked, right? You're traveling. Anyways, we ran into some Americans while we were there, and we came pals, like drinking buddies, and like see you there, and see how. Yeah, we, I think we had a lunch together too. We sat and ate, broke bread together. But the first thing they asked me. The f- like within 15, 10, 15 minutes of meeting these people, they wanted to get right in and figure out whether I'm a conservative or a liberal, even though I'm Canadian. So they have extra questions to ask because they don't quite understand how it works right up here. So they, they have extra things. And, and the first question they asked was, what news network do you watch? Really? Yeah, that was the first thing they asked. And they could tell. What just, did you say? I said CNN. I said, I said, it's not good for me. I Trust me, I, watch, I, I don't like watching CNN, but it seems to be the only one that I seem to be able to watch and stomach. I guess is the way to the way to put it. Yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't. If I were you, I wouldn't watch any cable news. You know. Yeah, we're like, headed there. Just, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just you're probably better off. Like it, it's it's garbage. Like everything is garbage. Yeah. On uh, and you know what it is? It's that the I think people, a lot of people, I think you and I would be in this bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, we're deprogrammed from that television era where our our brains could probably like our neural pathways are probably impacted by the uniformity of commercial breaks when we were watching TV growing up. And now that programming, that type of programming is, is kind of gone. You know, what's weird is that I remember when I was young, say I had a copy of the movie Die Hard. Right. I watched it. And then I brought it back to blockbuster video or something. Three months later, if, if Die Hard was on TV, my brain would automatically just go, Oh, it's more special if I watch it then, because it can only be watched then. And I was, and then I noticed myself thinking that once, and I was like, "That's stupid." Yeah. <laughs> I just watched this movie. It doesn't matter that TBS is playing a bastardized version of it with no swear words. Yeah, like, yippee ki mother this. trucker! Like, yeah, come on, yeah, like, yeah. exactly. But uh, you know, so it's 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 a weird. Yeah, we live in a weird world. Yeah, I mean, I knew I couldn't be the only liberal that's been feeling alienated. And just judging by some of the articles that you've shared on Twitter and some of the things I've heard you say, we've been, you know, guesting at the same time on Dean's, um, you know, podcast and stuff like that. Just judging by some of that, I was like, you know what? This guy and I seem to align up a little bit. Like you say, common sense, classic liberal values. There's just there's just a line that we're just sort of having trouble getting to now. And and. And is that like I'm feeling alienated? And is that how conservatives are born? I guess is the question. Like, is it that just that I'm getting older and more stuck in my ways, or is that what's happening? Or are the goalposts really moving? Because it feels to me like they are. You know, I, I you know, like normally I, I feel like I'm 70 sometimes in some conversations, like, or at least people yeah. make me feel that way. Yeah, there's a stark difference between like mid-generation X and young millennials like they're they're worlds apart um yeah i don't know i, I mean really I, I thought i i could pontificate a really long answer that sounded good and everything but really at mm-hmm. the end of the day i i don't know um what happened specifically to make it like this um but i do know that i get disappointed when i see i guess the two examples i can think of is uh the uh the comedian there that um that that like said that I think he coined the regressive left, the one oh. that used to be on uh, the Young Turks. Uh, Ship. I can't remember his name. Uh, it doesn't matter. But that guy, uh, you know, I didn't leave the left. The left left me. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a gay man. He's like a sort of amateur comedian. He's been on Rogan and stuff. And then Rogan sort of disowned him. Really. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping the name gets comes back to me because it's just like hang on. I'm I, looking I, it I up right here. Name. 
Um, and the other example would be Tim Poole, um, who's a journalist who. Oh, James uh, Dory or James Dore, Jimmy Dore. No, Jimmy Dore's, he, he's one of the good ones. Cause like, even though I don't mm -hmm. agree with him all the time, at least he's, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, he blocked me on Facebook, on Twitter to this guy. What? <laughs> what? Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Uh, like shit. you're going to, you, you know what? You, I, I have to find him now, but anyways, the other yeah. guy is Tim Poole. Um, Tim Poole used to be a vice guy, um, independent, seemed like, you know, same thing. Like he's sort of a progressive, doesn't really want to label himself, but he's certainly not a conservative. And then a lot of a lot of these uh, guys like that, like sort of centrists or classic liberals or whatever, are were um, were probably looking at their analytics because they were criticizing the left, mm -hmm. and then finding out uh, Dave Rubin. That's the show. Oh, and okay. Then, yeah. yeah, and then finding out uh, once they look at their analytics that a big chunk of their audience were turning out to be mega people, and the mega people were utterly devoted to anything that criticized the left mm -hmm. right so they began to like i noticed them coming to my site a lot and i sort of i i, I decided to stay true to my principles and just i kept on insulting donald trump because i don't like him i thought he was a joke yeah and then i would slowly lose all the mega audience but other guys that did content like me would then flip and become the conservative that you're talking because about. they found an audience in it. Right. And that's the other thing too. Exactly. Like how much yeah. of it is, this is just people with a blog pandering and finding a niche. All of a sudden they catch fire with either the left or the right extremists. And all of a sudden they just keep feeding that fire for clicks and likes and for their own, for their own popularity. You know, how much is, how much is that? Well, I think they're copying um, cable news. Yeah. Um, not not in the way they deliver it, but they're copying and they're, they're pandering to their analytics, their their audience. Yeah. And they know and they know that if they continue to 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 stand by their principles, because it's hard to be in that middle area, because eventually both sides are going to hate you. They may love you for something a week later, but they're going to hate you again. <laughs> and it's hard <laughs> to find loyalty out of out of that when so many people that consume this stuff are are really on the fringes. You mentioned the post-millennial a few minutes ago, uh, and that's a publication that I've been fascinated in with because you're right, it automatically triggers me when I when I see someone share an article from post-millennial. I don't trust it. I just don't. But I'll tell you why. And I and I, they didn't elaborate on it for me, but it was, it was some friends of mine from the intelligence community um, shared th that when we were having the last Canadian election, um, they they said uh, you know that uh, post millennial is a problem. They didn't elaborate. They just said the post millennial is a problem. Any uh, can you elaborate? Do you have any idea why they would say that about the post millennium? I, I I mean for all the obvious reasons, I, th I think it's a problem. But that could be my partisanship coming out. Yeah, I these know. guys are pretty nonpartisan guys who said that. Patriots. The 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 post millennial. I worked for them. I think I did like. I don't know, maybe 35 pieces or something for them mm -hmm. when they just after they started. And um, so here's what I think. I think when they started, they 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 were always a volume game. Right. Like, we'll just get a whole bunch of writers to write a whole bunch of stuff because um, the editing was really bad back in, like when it first started. Um, but then they started to get traffic and they they obviously leaned right. But I was dealing with one of their editors for quite a long time. I still talk to him. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he's a former president of an NDP riding association. So he's not even a conservative. He was one of the owners. Right. And then right. the other owner is the, uh, is Matt Asrielli, who's everyone uses this as his uh, intro to his bio is like a, from a billionaire family. Right. And um, 
and he is a conservative. So, but the thing is, is that there was a point where like I was doing reporting for them. So I was, I was like actually fashioning original stories and, and handing it off. But then, and they would have me write a token opinion piece from like the center of the center left. Mm-hmm. So, and then, uh, then they, I think they, a piece of them got bought or there was a big investment um, from. Was it a foreign same, investment? That's where I'm No, it here. was like the, the guys from, uh, is it Ontario proud? You know, oh, that's like almost that as bad. All those ads. Sorry. That's almost as bad as a Russian investor. Yeah. But it's not like, uh, it, you know, it's the true, who, who does the true North stuff? I think it's Ontario Proud. Um, at the time, Ontario Proud was just like, a, you know, this thing that just came out of nowhere and it seemed to have a lot of money behind it. Rumor is that that's from builders and stuff. Uh, but uh, but then when that happened, um, you know, I got I got sort of like phased out because mm-hmm. I uh, I leaked a document that showed that while Vic Fideli was finger wagging um, uh, <clears throat> Patrick Brown for having accusations against him, someone was suing him for sexual harassment. Or someone made a complaint against him, so it was like hypocrisy again. And then they told the Post Millennial if they not to publish me again, and so they didn't. And then they scrubbed about twenty five or so. See, this is the shit. This is the shit I'm talking about, James. This is why I wanted you on the podcast, man. Like censorship, dude. That should be out there. And I think that all the all the conflicts of interest like that should be on public record. Have there been other any other moments where you've been cock blocked, basically? Or you've you've found yourself in jeopardy as a result of what I would describe as doing the right thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean a couple of times, but I mean a lot of it is just like an ideological difference, like with the Huffington Post. Um, you know, I uh, I got in some hot water for um, for that Black Lives Matter thing. You know that it went viral, and then I went back to them because everyone was calling me a Nazi and a, and a racist for writing this article. And the article, it wasn't because I said anything against black people or whatever. It was because I criticized a person who happened to be black and who was the founder of Black Lives Matter Toronto. Oh, is and this to the, this is uh, along the, um, the, uh, the, uh, what am I going to say? The, uh, not the Nazism, but the, um, the subhuman, the, the, uh, the white people are subhuman comment. Yeah. Yeah. So she said that the reverse of Nazism. That, <laughs> yeah. And then she was yelling, uh, um, at a protest that um, Justin Trudeau is a white supremacist terrorist who's the leader of a terror state. And I thought it was so over the top that I started like Googling her. And then that's when I w- was made aware of the D- of the white people are subhuman thing that she that, that yeah. she wrote. And so I wrote this piece saying that she she should she needs to resign because their movement is going to be damaged by someone who's saying these statements that are completely hypocritical, uh, uh, you know, towards the the thing that they're fighting against. Like you can't mm-hmm. fight against something by using the thing that you're fighting against, like racial hatred. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the disagree. thing that I found so interesting about it. Right. Is that if you do dig into some of these, the leadership of BLM, they're not squeaky pl- clean individuals. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's stupid that we even have to have this conversation. Like yeah. we have to explain why it's okay to criticize a political organization. For the first time in my life, I have to explain why like, I'm criticizing something political. We're critical. Of, we're po- critical of the Church of Scientology. We're critical of all sorts of other weird things that are other other organizations that are out there. The Church of we're Scient- critical about things that aren't weird that are very stand up because you can criticize things and it's yeah, because okay, that's what right? it's about, right? Exactly, freedom of speech. So I'm getting all these like death threats and um, you know just slandered for, for like it was like seventy percent bad attention and then it doesn't help that david duke 
retweeted oh, it. Fuck. Yeah, that because that, again, just like it's by the, association, right? It's even just somebody retweets Mega, it. Mega doesn't care who wrote it. Mega cares that it's criticizing someone that they criticize. That's yeah. all that matters to them. And so, you know, and and then so I I went to it's, the editor. It doesn't matter like, that you're the writer who thinks David Duke's a piece of shit. You know what no, I mean? It doesn't matter at all. Yeah, no. it doesn't matter that you're critical of MAGA or Trump and everything like that. Like it doesn't matter. It's the fact that you got retweeted by David Duke because you exactly. fit his narrative that day. That's right. So, um, so then that so I I said to the editor, you know, I, I would like to write a follow up because it's pretty sad that this is happening and I'm kind of stressed out about it. And they weren't going to let me. Like I literally had to beg this outlet to let me respond to these thousands of messages that i was getting saying i'm a nazi and i'm i'm i'm, I'm a race peddler where are the balls that. where where are the, the sorry where's the undercarriage to keep it were, neutral where's the undercarriage? My, my editor at the time was this guy david oh, i forget his last name i'm sorry i'm it's i forget the names of the people i don't like <laughs> a lot of the times <laughs> that's healthier so. though probably for you because yeah, i'd, I'd yeah, write them is. down in a notepad eight thousand times yeah. carve their name so, into my arm he was this guy that wrote <laughs> this i, I think he I think he's the same one that wrote uh, that slandered Christy Blatchford when she died. But he also wrote a piece saying that free speech wasn't important anymore. And he was like very much left. One time I wrote a piece and I was trying to be very even about my distaste, just a regular generic piece about my distaste between the left and the right. And the, and this is why. And all he wouldn't publish it until I corrected it. And all the things that he wanted me to correct were just the criticisms of the left. <laughs> he just right. left the right the way it was. And it was like, Okay, I see what I'm dealing with. And he was like 25. You know, it's like- the Again, it's, it's the pants. Gen X like, versus the younger millennial, right? The Gen X and the older millennials versus the younger millennials and the Gen Zs, right? I think that's what we're talking about here if you wanted to break it down into simple terms. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I try not to look at it like that because there's, I've met a lot of like- the younger Gen Zs seem to hate their older siblings' uh, crybaby attitudes. Right? Oh, good. So, so yeah. So do you that think, seems to be a trend that's happening. I'm hopeful. Do you, you think know? there's a pendulum swinging back the other way because this cancellation and cancel culture, like, it's starting to make my dick go inside? And and I mean, how far are we going to go, or uh, before we start swinging back, or is it a runaway train? Is there a swing back? I don't know if the pendulum works anymore um, the way it used to because. Get us some fucking Viagra if your pendulum's not working right. <laughs> but even when you look at the, um, like, so the, let, let's Americanize it for a second. Like you, or no, we don't even have to. So Stephen Whatever. Harper to Justin Trudeau. You probably couldn't get more opposite than that, right? The United States went the other way. They went from Obama to Trump. And so it's not like our societies are both swinging in opposite directions, mm -hmm. right? So it's weird that that would take place, um, you know, with countries so similar. And I think we're just... I, I hate to be that guy that just, you know, being um, obvious about it, but I really do think social media is like this evil little thing getting away with murder and has been for a long time because I don't the career remember. murder. Yeah. It, it, but just like it changed the internet, uh, like just on its face, it added this nasty veneer that for some reason it's okay to, to be bullies to each other and be little kids. Like, have you ever looked at what even like, you know, people that are supposed to be smart say on Twitter sometimes like it's, it's really bad. Like it's school, it's a schoolyard thing. And, and that you can't, how can you sustain something rational and civil when that is the platform that filters you towards the subjects that you like? 
Like you're being filtered yeah. through this white noise of hate and yeah. snarky comments and fucking emojis. And the shit. Like the algorithm just... probably showed David Duke your article because he they the the algorithm the internet knew he would like it. That could, that could be, be, you know, like that's that's. Well, David Duke probably has a uh, you know Google alerts for Black Lives Matter and you know. Oh, probably yeah. Who, who knows, right? But yeah, this is 2016. But anyways, um, it's it's but it's everywhere now. Magazine fucked me once. Um, you know, like it's uh, more than once. You know, sometimes, sometimes, uh, 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 so global one time I, uh, they offered me a contract, said, we're going to sign the contract on Thursday. It was Monday. And like, okay. So uh, on Tuesday, they're like, James, uh, let's, you know, uh, the contract's sorted. Uh, so when you can come in, uh, Thursday's good. So let's get to work now though. Cause this, you know, this story is on its way. And I gave them my notes and we were powwowing for hours over the next two days. And Thursday came they're like, yeah, about that contract. <laughs> they literally vanilla iced me when shook, what like, the shook fuck? vanilla ice over the balcony. Yeah, <laughs> they say he didn't do that, but come on, yeah, he wants yeah. to live in a world where that didn't. Happen. No, I, I want to so, live in that world. I'm there yeah. with you, <laughs> and that's how I felt. Like I was like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Like, yeah, you know? sorry, James, it's not really my decision. It's like, I hate that. It's not my decision. I hate yeah. that shit. Right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I know that you're. Where are you living now? Killaloo. Mm -hmm. Killaloo, Ontario. That's so funny because I'm from small town, Ontario, Almont, Ontario, which is not that far from Killaloo, Ontario. And that's one of the things, again, back to something else you mentioned earlier is, is like, what, what's wrong with being nice to conservatives? I grew up in a town of 4,000 people. Most of those people, guess what? Conservatives. So yeah. do I want to just turn my back and hate all my high school friends? No. Well, you do, but not for that reason. Well, I mean, for, you know, some of them I could fucking never see again for the rest of my life, but I still have good memories. And like, if I ever move back home or if I ever go back home to visit family and I see them on the street, of course, I'm going to be friendly to them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ignore them at the, at the local bakery, picking up hot cross buns on Easter weekend for my mom. You know, I'm not going to ignore them and, and, and pretend I don't know them just because they've been vocal on Twitter or vocal on Facebook about, you know, hating Justin Trudeau. Even the ones who share the stupid fucking Justin Trudeau is uh, Fidel Castro's son. Like, I mean, some of those bullshit, you know, some of those bullshit things. I kind of want that to be true, too, though. I don't know why. But I, do. I know. Yeah. In a dank way, I want it to be true, too. I like outrageous things becoming true. I like. Well, I just think it'd be neat things. being Trudeau. Be like, holy shit, I'm the fucking son of a goddamn communist this explains so much <laughs> <laughs> but see now every all the conservatives agree with you now james but all the liberals hate yeah. you right now after that comment yeah. right well, you can't even make a good. joke i'm doing my job then you that's can't good. even fucking make a joke well, when you're doing your job in today's day and age that means that less people like you <laughs> i totally agree man and that and funny? that's also why i think if i can just put in like listen i don't fully like justin trudeau at all but I think he's hated as much by the left as he is the right nowadays because he's trying to govern from the center, I think. Right or wrong? Um, I think that on paper, the Liberal Party speaks to me in theory, right? Like, forget yeah. all the scandals. Just like the idea of a party that is between, you know, the NDP and the Conservative Party makes sense to me because that's where I am in my mind politically. Right, yeah. But they do it so badly. They, they botch it, right? They don't. I don't think they do it right because they seem to embody um, the worst kind of things on the left. A lot of the times um, it, and it's delivered through, even if you love Justin Trudeau, I mean, you have I don't to love him. He, I don't love him, but no, no, but no, not you, the Royal you. Oh, right? yeah, like, yeah. So even if someone likes really likes Justin Trudeau, 
in their quieter moments, they know that he delivers messages like a third rate actor. Yeah. And it's really hard to stomach through. Like it's, it's really difficult. He could be saying, and like, this guy taught you know, drama. <laughs> well, generations who, of shitty high school do, drama do, students who can't teach. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Clearly he did, can't act. And we were all privy to that. And we were, by the way, and Jonathan Kay said this on the podcast with Dean the other day, um, we knew that Justin Trudeau was kind of over the top and cringeworthy at his dad's funeral. Mm. You know? He was yeah, over if you go the back top that far, at his dad's yeah. own funeral, you know? And it's just, I, I don't, uh, I, you know, so he, he makes me cringe um, in a lot of ways, uh, but he's not doing, he's botching that um, strategy of, of sort of like trying to be good to both sides because he's not choosing the right issues on either side. To, yeah. to sort of champion or to at least lend support to. and I felt bad know. when Biden got elected. I felt bad because the first thing he did was pull the Keystone deal. And I'm like, that was the only olive branch that Justin had for the, for the Ed, or not for Edmonton, but for Alberta, right? Like that's the Yoink. only thing. And now he's gone. It's just poof, like yeah. pull that right out from underneath him. But they must have known that was going to happen. Yeah, um, they must because have. They'd be stupid. they know a lot of the same. Like, I mean, their staffers would talk to each other, right? And, and you know, okay, be prepared. The president's making a decision. Like, yeah. Because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. he has to placate to his left. And I think, um, I think I've been proven right. I haven't really been paying much attention to Biden, to be honest with you. But No, me either. He's he, boring as fuck. Well, before he took office, what I, you know, there was all the... I love it when the right call people like Joe Biden a socialist. I love that. that <laughs> no, is I the know. greatest thing ever. It's so funny. It, it would be like, like Bernie. Ted Cruz a moderate, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. It, because it's like, no, he's a corporately owned leader of a corporately owned party with lots of special interests. And I don't know how you get socialism out of yeah. that. But then I, I realized, oh, so all the things that Joe Biden is going to do that tries to give him like some far left cred will be things that cost almost nothing. Hey, uh, you, you know, we can talk about this. We don't have to, but Whatever. the quick example I can think of is, Oh, Hey, let's let trans women play women's sports. That didn't cost anything. What else can we, what else do we have going on? Right. And trans in the military reversing the trans military in the military thing too. That was one of the first executive orders too, is to, to, to stop the ban or whatever on trans people in the military in the U S didn't cost them anything. Yeah. And I don't even, I, I don't know why the ban was there to begin. Like, I mean, that was a Trump, that was a Trump thing. Based? That was a Trump isn't thing. It all, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I know it was, but I, I don't know why that, that would be seen as a problem because it's a performance based thing, isn't it? Like if you don't yeah. get past boot camp. <laughs> well, that's what happened to Mary. If you wear pumps to boot camp, then you're probably not going to make the <laughs> army. Right. Like, but that, that also brings me to the next thing too. Like, again, maybe it's a byproduct of, of the nineties. And, and the way I was raised, and listen, if you ever met my parents, my wife even is like, your parents are the most liberal, sweetest people ever who care about everyone and care about everyone's thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. um, but being raised in the 90s, I was raised, as you might have been too, that, that color doesn't matter. Sex doesn't matter. Religion doesn't matter. It, it's all merit-based was how I was raised. It's about just being good at what you do or being a good person, and that's what matters. It seems like less and less nowadays that, that merit, merit seems to be acknowledged, but only when you check the right boxes to go along with that. And by that, I mean breakdowns of various types, whether you know, it's race or gender or whatever. 
I, I sort of understand where people are coming from. Like, we don't see uh, color anymore. That was the 90s. It was we don't see color. Now we do. We see all, all shades and everybody gets a box to check. Well, I think both of those messages are probably wrong, though. Um, yeah, it wasn't I right. Think, I think what we were doing in the '90s, and I was, and I, you know, I, I was, I was completely engrossed in hip hop culture in the '90s. I, I lived in an area yeah. that didn't have very many black people, <clears throat> but when it, it, when it came to things like hip hop and Spike Lee movies and shit like that, I was all in. Like I was like, oh, I, I, I was, got my I Big Daddy public- Kane T-shirt. Yeah. I, I got when I was in New York as a 13 year old, and I got a Big Daddy Kane T-shirt. I fucking thought I was a the king of my fucking school. Like I was like, yeah. this is a big daddy Kane t-shirt, you know, and public so enemy I think, for yeah, me. Yeah. I, the, the colorblind argument. I don't, you know, I think what we were doing is that we were, we, we were having conversations with ourselves where it was, where race was becoming more of a, of a personal thing and, mm-hmm. and a daily thing where our brains were basically telling ourselves, you know, in rapid fashion, that is a black person over there. And I am not judging that black person because of the color of their skin. That's what we were doing. (laughs) And and we weren't trying to convince ourselves. We were just sort of confirming what was instinctive for us at that moment. So we weren't colorblind. We were just being cautious of the fact that because we weren't racist, we, we would make sure that we would come off as being as such towards people that weren't white. That's sort of what I think. Right. And and I think, because I do understand like, it was a gross overcompensation. Yeah, like I have yeah, friends yeah. that are black that say that the colorblind thing bothers them because right. obviously our life existences haven't been exactly the same. And so it's a little... That's true. Whatever. Yeah, um, that's but a great, of course, great I think point. it's gone too far the, the other way too. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It has a... Um, the, the, I, I think that the very oversimplistic way that the, the, a lot of the left viewed the world is that oppressed versus oppressor meme where there's only yeah. one oppressor and you're looking at it it's me and you we're the oppressors right because mm-hmm. we're white males yep and so everything is 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 fine to say to us like to use prejudicial language against us is using prejudicial language against an oppressor so it doesn't matter and i'm not talking about like oh we're a victim i'm talking about how the huffington post and vox can get away with things like 10 things stupid white men need to shut up about. Yeah. And the fact that you can't replace white men with any other demographic without getting canceled is what people are seeing. Right? It's like and going it's- to a, a comedy roast, like, you know, the celebrity roasts, like whether it was Charlie Sheen or Bieber or going all the way back to Roseanne or whatever you want to, those comedy central roasts where sometimes there's a couple they're of them. Great. They're, they're the best, right? I love it. But it's like, there's a couple of those episodes where, you know, like Charlie Sheen, for example, Everyone just got up and made fun of the same shit over and over and over again. And it's like, can you mix it up a little bit? I kind of yeah, feel like you, that's... there was some PR involved in that, that one. Yeah, maybe. But my, my favorite one is when that guy says to Whitney Cummings, and this is Whitney Cummings. Her porn name is Whitney Cummings. <laughs> I probably but butchered it. But that's, yeah. that's all right. It was, it was, you know, timing's everything. But, uh, yes. but, but you're right, man. Like, so that's the way I view it is it, that there is, there is only one villain right now. There's only one villain in those headlines, and it's the white male. And, and uh, is that, I mean, that's the way I feel like things are. See, when you say that, even I cringe a little. Even I, I just cringed at myself saying it. It's shitty. Right, because I, you know, because it just sounds weird. And that's what they're talking about. Like, you know what? It sounds weird. It sounds weird because it's not the same thing because you're the oppressor and we're the oppressed. And, da, 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 da. and it's just like, but when you unpack it, this is where I, where I always like like to live. Oh, the unpacking. Here we go. The, uh, My when favorite you term. Unpack what that strategy is going to result in. The strategy of telling, um, 
you know, white people, uh, the Karens or the white males, um, if, if it's a constant loop of telling us how we need to educate ourselves and how we're like this and white fragility and da, 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 da. And that is your method to try to gain unity. Then you're not going to win. Well, listen, <laughs> anytime that I, anytime that I've been checked and, and said, yeah, hey, you're not being, I mean, listen, I don't have a hateful bone in my body. I, I, but my words sometimes are a little flippant or my, yeah. my syntax or whatever you want to call it isn't correct or as, as up to date as it could be. And, mm-hmm. and I'm the first one to say, hey, all right, tell me, what is it? What is it now? And I'll totally change it. No problem. But Well, we stopped saying I, color to people a long time ago, Chris. <laughs> Just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> did I say? I didn't say that today, did I? <laughs> I don't know. Said it yesterday. No, I'm just okay, kidding. Yes. I said it on Twitter. No, no, no. Yeah. but but no, but like you know that. Anyways, that's what that's the way I feel about it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 one of those things that um, I th- I think the reasonable people demographic are kind of like is is growing because I think people now, especially when something happens to them, where they're now becoming the victim, they're hoisted by their own petard. You know, um, when Justin Trudeau's blackface, even though he didn't pay the ultimate price. It was like, it was hilarious kind of that moment in time was really interesting because you know, and everyone knows that if anybody else that he, that was a political rival of Justin Trudeau was caught in blackface three times in their past, there would be no doubt that that person would be Game encouraged over. to resign and, and you should because of racial inequalities. And you if Doug Ford, the decent thing to do, if Doug Ford had a blackface photo out there. If anyone, <laughs> Any, yeah, anybody, anyone. Yeah, but I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Some reason our our liberal prince got the pass, right? Well, well, here's here's my this. And is I mean, why I really, still, this, I mean, I still voted for Trudeau after the the blackface thing. I well, listen, this, this is this is why a lot of people don't like me <laughs> because <laughs> what I actually think should have happened, um, and and if this did happen, I I actually think Trudeau would have lost the election. So this is the thing, James, because you've listed the, a lot of other things today. <laughs> I, I, this is the thing. No, this is, I wrote about this. Um, I think that, so if you remember, um, Andrew Shear found out just before he was about to get on a plane mm-hmm. and then he did this like really quick, uh, press conference before he did it. And the press conference was what you would expect, which was nothing, mm-hmm. which was this, uh, you know, we've been made aware of, you know, Mr. Trudeau's prime minister Trudeau's, uh, the, the photographs that have come out and, you know, they are very disturbing and uh, we, you know, there's no room for racism. Da, da. And it was boilerplate, and it was like that. <clears throat> what I think he should have done, and I think this may have, can I can I water it down to may have? Okay, sure. <laughs> may have changed the election. Okay, because as I'm talking, it still sounds plausible, but a little bit less. Um, if he if Andrew Shear got on TV, like an hour after the story broke, and was like, you know, uh, the prime minister has found himself in an embarrassing position. Um, <clears throat> you know, blackface is a is a symbol of racism and you know we we don't like these pictures we think he owes an apology but i think this is a great moment that the liberals and the prime minister can um can can view through a lens of not canceling someone because we don't want you to resign for something that you did in your 20s and we hope that moving forward you can apply the same litmus test to other things from other people who've made mistakes in their past. So interesting. So we'll let the vote and we'll let the voters decide in a and way you're fucking playing in a way <laughs> there would have been a way to, uh, to like uh, make a court ruling that you could then reference the case of X, Y, Z 
and say, well, you know, there was a, you know, if you're able to apologize for that, then, then that should be the, the sort of bar that we set moving forward. Yeah. Like I, and, and he, we needed someone to galvanize that situation. Just, it died because it died. It went up in a puff it died of, because puff of people smoke. don't think Trudeau in real life is a racist. That would be the difference between Trudeau and Doug Ford right. is that there'd be more people that think Doug Ford is probably a just, better chance of being a racist than Justin. Trudeau. Just automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so, and that's probably why he survived, but I think Sheriff, he did that. It would have, first of all, how refreshing would that have been? Not can't not trying to dismantle your opponent when you could. Yeah. And and but to turn it, but to turn it to turn the conversation around to surely we can if we can make an exception for this, we can make ex other exceptions. Yeah. Could you imagine the position the liberals would be in if he did that? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, they <laughs> well, know? they would have been painted into a corner and, and they would have been black faced right into that corner. Like, well, for sure. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing, too, is that I think that there's like myself being a liberal that I don't seem to live up to the new litmus test. They couldn't meet their own purity test. In some of these these cases, right? Uh, right, and the purity tests are stupid. Al Franken, yeah, he he got right? canceled. Like, like, how is that possible that Al Franken gets one of the canceled? most liberal people in America? And even for what he did, you know, it's yeah. it's like. But that was the height, like you say, at the height of the fever, Me Too fever, right. I would call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. James, this has been a great chat, dude. We're going to wrap it up in here in a few minutes, but I did tease this off the top, uh, just talking about some of my uh, past in the uh, Canadian forces and, and uh, talking about my military experience. Mm -hmm. I worked, and I, I talked about this a little bit here on the podcast, but I think this applies to our conversation around, fuck, I hate the word divisive, but the divisiveness that we face in today's society. Polarization. Polarization, that's better, I think. But I worked in a special branch of the Canadian forces for four years of my life in a branch that was called PSYOPs or psychological operations or info ops uh, or information operations. And can you get any good acid? No, that has nothing to do with <laughs> what does acid have to do with that? Oh, that's MK ultra. Right. Oh, that's okay, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. That was, it was Pardon not, me. it was not CAI, CIA special ops. It was right. psychological operations. And by that, I mean, information warfare and where I was in charge of a, a radio station in Kandahar City, Afghanistan, that was there to attract an audience of 15 to 25-year-old Afghan teenagers. And it was an Afghan. It was in their language. It was all Afghan pop artists. And the idea was that through our commercial breaks and through our news broadcasts, we would provide the, the government take or the government or ISAF's take on on the news and and of course the commercial breaks would have ads telling people where they could go for food or to get grain to plant things or if they needed medical attention and, and things like that um there, there was a quite a humanitarian angle to it but there was of course information warfare at its finest because if 15 to 25 year old afghans were listening to our radio station then they were not joining the taliban just through the, through the sheer idea that they were listening to pop music, which is outlawed by the Taliban, it was a big middle finger to them just to begin with. But secondly, we were pumping our messaging out for, for you know, the Western values, if you will, through this radio station. So I did this for four years of my life where I sat in a portable with a team of people, mostly Afghans, um, and learned all about 
Muslim culture, Afghan culture, the history of Afghanistan, which is wild. If you ever want to do a deep dive on that, the amount of invasions. I have a little wars. bit with the whole, with, yeah. With, yeah, I yeah. Know. It's, that, that land has never not seen war, I don't think. <laughs> no, like it's for hundreds of years. It's just been invaded yeah. by one place or another, right? And uh, no wonder they're so battle-hardened. Um, you know, and, and made it so difficult on, on anybody who's been in within the last 20, 30 years. Dude, that shit gets in your DNA, right? Like for sure. <laughs> yeah. generation after generation after generation. After generation. Like, yeah. Like, they talk bro. about genetic memory, right? And I, I believe mm. to a certain amount of it that there's genetic. If an memory. Afghan did ayahuasca, they'd probably fucking die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This the visions would be just crazy. Right. Imagine that we found out that Afghanis were allergic to ayahuasca because there's just too much shit in their DNA from the past. Yeah. There's just too much trauma that it can't be yeah. filtered out through this psychedelic oh, plant. Um, yeah. So the point was, is that I feel like a lot of the divisiveness or a lot of the polarization that we've seen in America and in Canada and most of the Western world, Britain included Europe. Um, I think a lot of this comes back to, information operations and psyops and that experience in my life changed my complete outlook on everything that i see and read from there forth because if i could sit in a portable uh, a military portable for four years with a team of people capitalizing on certain news stories highlighting certain news stories to a population to help change public opinion about things you're trying to help change the culture like in a way too it's a manipulation of the culture yeah, yeah. um and and public opinion and if we could do that during a conflict, why could that not be done to us? And I start well, seeing sure. some of this divisiveness and this polarization, and I'm like, fuck, it is happening to us. Agree or yeah. disagree? Well, I agree. And, and social media gives it steroids. And also, isn't it interesting that the people that drop bombs via drones, your job as a DJ uh, at the radio station is closer to those drone pilots as far as operationally is concerned, as far as actually doing the work, then those pilots are to actual pilots. Yeah. That's weird. That's yeah. really weird. Like, and, and, you know, it's a, it's a metaphor in a way too, because you're dropping culture bombs. Like just, just turn it around. Imagine you're in Canada and you're back in uh, Almont and you know, you listen to the radio and it's like 12 hours of Sharia and uh, Muslim prayers. And pretty much that's it. That's the opposite thing, right? Like, yeah, I think we'd be pretty upset. So you, um, or have a really interesting, you know, piece of history there then. Like that's an inside glimpse. Yeah. Cause it, I'm, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't take that job again. Right. Like I would take it again. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating. <laughs> I thought it was fascinating. Listen, you know, James, I, I don't mind uh, drenching populations with propaganda. <laughs> if I get a good paycheck, you know, I have a baby coming. <laughs> I was, I was worried at one point, man, I was so paranoid some days coming home from work, like that the Taliban had like an ace of spades with my face on it or something. Like there's the guy that runs the fucking radio station. Like there was, Dude, I, it is, I mean, it is more, I would say it's like 40% chance that someone had said, Hey, do you want to kill that DJ? And then like, <laughs> Mustafa was just like, not yet, not yet, wait. You know? Well, luckily for security reasons, we were in Canada. So that was the other thing too. Like we weren't there. Oh, you weren't in Kandahar. No. So oh, we... I was picturing like a Robin Williams no, thing. No, no, like... no. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how much I should go into detail here. I, I haven't been actually debriefed or declassified or anything, but anyways, but, oh, but sure it, you can I'm Google, sure if you want to Google or Wikipedia, <laughs> Rana FM, R-A-N-A-F-M. You can, and that'll just fill you in on the property. It is Googleable, but um, but yeah, that was we were based out of Kingston, Ontario, um, at CFB Kingston, and Kingston can be dangerous too. 
Fort man, Henry. Jail city. You know, it's due, it's due for an attack. Right? <laughs> a lot of jails in Kingston, man. Yeah, trust yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. There's a, actually, I spent a lot of time living in Kingston quickly on that. Uh, I will say. I'm uh, not in a hurry. Like, you, you're fine. Like, you can go. You, we can go if you have to go. But no, sure. I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I got a, my phone battery's dying. But other than that. But, um, but I will say about Kingston, uh, uh, lived there for a good portion of my life. One of the funniest things was that uh, they would have an, an inmate escape one of the jails in the area. And the students in the local Kingston public schools were just let, they said, okay, there's an inmate on the loose. Everybody go home. <laughs> and, and so buddies, my buddies were like, yeah, we would just be walking home by ourselves, like down the street. Sir, a lion escaped from the zoo. <laughs> Shit, we better release the gazelles. Release the gazelles. So yeah, so it was, so that's one of the funny Kingstonisms. But yeah, so CFB Kingston, we would broadcast, but it would be a time difference. Like it would be live in Kandahar, but you know, because of the time right. difference, our whole on air schedule was throughout the middle of the night. Like, so our morning oh. show, our morning show. How much cocaine did you do? I didn't, you know what? Uh, I did not, I've never done cocaine. I can't say what? that I, I, yeah, I know, dude. I know. Like, it's not no, very I'm not rock saying star. you're a loser. I'm like, just, you know, you, you, you grew up. I in, was one of those guys who hit his 30s and, and was like, holy shit, everyone does cocaine. <laughs> I was like, I was like, right. fuck. I didn't know. <laughs> because then when you notice, you're like, you know, I thought Brad had a urinary infection until no. now. Like, no. you know, how many people do you know? How many people do you know from your past that turned out to be really kind of heavy <laughs> coke users that had really bad allergies? I just really have yes. bad allergies. Yeah, it turns. Yeah, like, oh, I got a sinus infection. I'm like, every fucking yeah. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like that's like having like herpes and being like, you know, I fell on my the bit the, sh the shaft of my penis and i got this open wound yeah i got an yeah i got an open wound yeah it was a zipper it's accident festering. yeah the yeah. zipper got stuck it needs to yeah, yeah. Cut, right. got cut there there's a whole fucking something about mary scene that went yeah. on down there that's not a baby spider it's a crab but you know what's the difference yeah <laughs> james de fiore the de fiore uh, welcome back anytime. I call you the man. I just that's think not going to catch on. And by the way, you know what's funny is that when I grew up, uh, the bastardization of my name was De Fury. Oh no! And, and the Italian way to say it was Di Fiore. I like Di Fiore. Right? So, yeah, I but like you you have a mix of the two, De Fury. <laughs> that's my Ottawa Valley <laughs> accent, man. You should yeah. know that in Killaloo, Ontario. I'm from Madawaska Valley. Uh, yeah. How yeah. far is the Antrim? By the way, uh, Antrim truck stop. How far is that from you? Have you been there? I don't know what that okay, is. Okay, Google the Antrim, <laughs> A-N-T-R-I-M, Antrim Truck Stop. That's an okay. Ottawa Valley classic, man. Go for breakfast there one day oh, or something. It's got a big roof or something? Yeah, it's got a big roof, and inside yeah. there's a full-on big rig truck. At least there was when I was growing up. Yeah, that's not a selling point for me. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll I'll wave at it. Again, man, I grew up there, right? <laughs> like, I like this shit. I like it. I think it's cool. I, I, li I like wandering around the woods and, like, looking at scenery and stuff like that. But I got to say, like, I went to that blueberry place or something, like, on the way to Pembroke, I think it is, or something. And it was like, yeah. are you are you sticking around for the hog race? And I'm like, the hog yeah, race? Yeah, it's I a guess. real thing. It's real and then thing. I saw it once and I just walked away and I'm like, I don't have to see that ever again. Like, <laughs> how is, does this place sustain continuous hog races? Like once you've seen one, that's it. I think. Yeah. Well, I also side note, you mentioned Pembroke, Ontario. You know where that is. That was my very first on-air gig at star 96 today's country. Welcome to star 96 Pembroke, Ontario. We were just canceled. Please make your way to the lobby. <laughs> 
<laughs> James, thanks again, man. We'll chat soon, thanks, all right? Chris. See you on the Twitter sphere. James DeFiore and Blackball Media. Blackballmedia.ca? .ca. .ca. Check it out. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.